Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast. Josh and Jell here, not SVRNAS. We are with you a day earlier on Thursday, breaking our streak. Got- what is Thursday? Uh, Lunes, Martes, <laughs> SVRNAS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm st- Miercoles. That's Wednesday. Thursday's the. Uh, Cer- uh, Dia de Cerveza, Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> Thirsty Thursday, I like it. And we'll go with that. Have a fun episode for you. Going to go over some NFL rule changes that came out today. Again, we're recording on a Tuesday. Got our top 10 rookie dynasties for you. So we'll see if uh, Jell and I's top 10 line up or not, where there's discrepancies. Dynasty rookie rankings, Dynasty right? Dynasty rookie rankings, correct, yes. And then the Charles Schwab Challenge preview along with our picks for that. Going to kick it off with a question of the day today, Gel. And I came across this one while I was stumbling around on the internet for some topics and thought that this one was kind of a fun one, kind of outside the box. So it's a would you rather. Uh-oh. This is going to be <laughs> – is this is this going to require the explicit tag? No, it is not. This is right. kid-friendly, so – would you rather have every traffic light you approach be green all of the time or never have to stand in a line again? So you're out there driving. You know every single light you come across is going to be green. You will never have to stop at another red light. Or, hey, going grocery shopping and, hey, See, right there and can get in line. This one's not too tough for me. Because so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the green light. I'm gonna take the green light every single time. Especially when I'm driving through downtown Dallas <laughs> and it's like I hit that stretch. Oh yeah. And like there's some everyone. sometimes like you can kind of cruise and like end up hitting like you know, if I have to if I have to go through five lights, there's some days where I can hit like three or four of those lights green and it's like this is like like I feel so happy. Like I I shouldn't say I feel so happy, but today I hit all five of those red lights, and I'm talking. You know, I'm going a block at a time. Oh yeah, big time. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so I'm taking all green lights. The other thing that I'm gonna add to this is I do I do actually go grocery shopping probably like five to six days a week and it's because i live i'm i'm five minutes from probably less than five minutes from the grocery store so if i need produce i'm getting the you know freshest thing on the shelf a lot of times it's like i'm missing like one or two ingredients if i'm cooking or maybe i just need to go on a beer run or something (laughs) but uh i'm i all you know i just hit that self-checkout i like to you know, I like to bag my own stuff anyways, just because I went to the grocery store the other day. I got... Do you double bag one, it, Joe? I got... So I went through the line. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Put that explicit yep. tag on now. You, we earned that one. <laughs> no. Well, so first off, I bring my own bag 
90% of the time. I, I've got I got myself some new reusables off Amazon. Hashtag not a sponsor. And uh, <laughs> God, that'd be nice. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I usually like to go through the self-checkout because I like to just bag my own stuff and uh, with my reusables. But the where was I going? I think I was going to... I don't remember. I, for some reason, maybe I just forgot my reusable bags. But I had a... You know, one of those like half gallon jugs of pre-made coffee that I like to have on the fr- in the fridge so that before I head to work, I just, you know, grab a swig straight out of the jug and get get a little little amped for the drive for my red light drive. And uh, and then so I bought one of those and then I bought I don't know, it was like one other item and they put it in two plastic bags. And I was like, dude, like I don't like this isn't a heavy item. What are we doing here? Like, so I just hate bagging. Like I hate baggers basically. Like, cause they just way over use bags or use way too many bags. And it just, you know, that's one of my, I guess that's one of my pet peeves here. You know, what grinds my gears, the old Peter Griffin, uh, the old Peter Griffin <laughs> segments. Uh, that's one of those things that grinds my gears. So I'd like, I bag my own groceries and, I'm not buying many things at one time, so it's like, you know, I'm not really waiting for that long. Now, that's also why I actively avoid, like, Walmart, for example, because a lot of times those, like, I might be going in there, I might buy, be buying two, three things, but that line might be 15 people deep. So, given that I actively choose to avoid long lines, and I've gotten kind of good at least i'm picking and choosing my times to go shop and and my places to go shop it's not that big of an issue but when i hit five consecutive red lights to go five blocks that is what grinds my gears so uh i'll take the i'll take the all green lights for days I'm going to go the opposite and go in never stand in another line. I live in a town with one stoplight and I work from home. So I'm not in my car very often. So that I don't mind it as much as I used to. Now, when I was living downtown, I had to commute to work still. Yeah. Then I'd probably be talking a whole nother thing here and be going on the same side as you. But just with the lack of me driving right now and having an infant that I'm taking shopping with me, give me those line free <laughs> line free shopping days. So that's a pretty good point. <laughs> yes. So I will go with the no lines. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Go to YouTube, Dead Arm Sports, into that search bar. Subscribe. Click the bell there. That way you know when our live episodes drop. Ding. We monitor that chat. You can ask us any questions there. Otherwise, hit us up on our socials at Dead Arm Sports, at Dasjel. That's at D-A-S-J-E-L. I can be found at DasJPEC. That's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. Give us a follow on all of those. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot, and we will swag you up for free. Going to kick it off with, uh, before we get into the new rules, um, just kind of a tidbit here. Pat McAfee, who obviously is an awesome, (laughs) awesome dude, 
Uh, former punter for the Indianapolis Colts, former West Virginia Mountaineer, is uh, now signing a deal to bring his Pat McAfee show to ESPN. So on to network broadcasting. Still going to be on YouTube for free, so that way uh, if you don't have ESPN, can still watch him. But definitely a crazy move, I guess. Um, it's awesome for him. Congratulations to him. But, man, from where that started off and to where he is now, I mean, that's the biggest – sports talk show out there right now for sure an awesome well, uh addition and and what's cr- i think what's even a little bit crazier is that FanDuel gave pat mcafee a four-year 120 million dollar deal so you know that was that had to have been the floor of what espn was gonna offer to be able to pry him away from FanDuel. Now, the question here is, you know, obviously ESPN is affiliated with Disney. Are they going to make him have to clean up his show? Because they kind of let it fly on a lot of different topics with a lot of language at times. But, like, is he going to have to, now that he's under that ESPN Disney umbrella, is he going to have to clean things up a little bit? Yeah. And if that's the case, how good is that show? I mean, we've we've seen him on, you know, we've already seen him on College Game Day. And, you know, he'll come in with just basically, you know, wearing just a blazer, no undershirt, gold chain, like swagalicious. I absolutely love that. I should have brought the gold chain out for this, uh, <laughs> to, for me to, <laughs> when I was talking, to, uh, knowing this topic was coming up. But, I mean... Obviously, the platform is much larger now that he's going to be able to have... I mean, they're going to be doing a simulcast, right? So, it'll be simulcast on ESPN and YouTube, his show, I would think, right? So, which I think is probably pretty standard at this point for, for a lot of different shows. I just wonder... Is his show going to have to change now that he's under that Disney umbrella? And that's a little bit... That's that's kind of like a, you know, a, a, a line that Disney's going to be uncomfortable with because he's not going to be, you know, just this clean cut dude like Greeny. I mean, he's always standing there and, you know, uh, I guess uh, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't know, you know, the, the, the sleeveless tank top since we were changing the description on that <laughs> and, uh, He's just standing in the sleeveless tank top, gold chain, and just riffing. And they're t- and he's using language that is not necessarily Disney things that they're comfortable with. And sometimes they're talking about conversations that Disney wouldn't be comfortable with. I mean, you saw how many conversations they had with Aaron Rodgers about where Rodgers is out there promoting hallucinogens, promoting drugs, like... Is Disney cool with that? So if he's going to have to clean it up and turn that show into, we're just going to talk about football. It's not going to be the same show and and have to keep it clean. It's not going to be the same show. So I think that's the most interesting thing about this dynamic is, is he going to fall, have to fall under that Disney umbrella, which he will technically because he'll be on ESPN and ESPN radio so he'll probably have to fall under FCC guidelines if he's going to be on ESPN radio, but yes, but FCC guidelines don't 
prevent you from talking about ayahuasca. But Disney might. So that's going to be the interesting part. Because obviously Greeny's the most clean-cut, you know, metrosexual dude that's out there. And Pat McAfee's kind of the opposite. He's like, just free free flow, let it go. Like, that's... I don't know. I mean... (laughs) That $120 million that FanDuel was paying for letting him just let him in, letting him riff, pretty good money. ESPN, I'd imagine that offer had to have pretty significantly, you know, been a pretty significant upgrade for him. And I just, I sit here and wonder and, and hope that the show doesn't change. He already said that he's going to have to clean it up a little bit as far as the language goes, but I think you're still going to see a lot of the same stuff. And let's face it, he's been on ESPN, like you said, on college game day, and he's still just as entertaining there as he is on his show. So I don't – yeah, if you're just tuning in for him just dropping F-bombs here and there, then, yeah, you're not going to like the new show on ESPN. But if you're still looking for just kind of of out-of-the-box content that we haven't really seen before – I think you're still going to see that from him. I don't see it changing a ton outside of just the language. And, yeah, maybe they're not having Aaron Rodgers come on and talk about any sort of hallucinogens or his <laughs> dark mode, whatever you want to say. But I I don't know. I don't think it'll really change a ton, but outside of the swearing. The other interesting part is that ESPN has been laying off people yeah, like at a pretty you know noticeable rate for kind of a while and maybe it's so that they could afford to make this mega deal for for McAfee I mean if you're talking about giving him 30 plus mil a year that you have to think that's either matching or that 120 million from FanDuel that offer is being matched or increased on so maybe that's part of the reason that they had to that they're talking about uh, having to you know, lay people off is for, for McAfee, but they've, there's been a pretty, they're in a pretty rough stretch. I mean, that ESPN radio has basically been dying for a while. And so maybe they're, they're trying to do this to spice things up and, and good for them. They, they should be doing whatever they can to spice things up. But I just wonder, I I just, I I hope the show doesn't change that much. Not that I tune in daily, but he's going to have a daily show on ESPN. You know, people are going to want to tune in and see like, how is he on ESPN? You know, on this daily show, he, like you said, he's on, he's on game day. You know, he was on game day those few times, but was that really, I mean, that's once a week. That's different than doing a three hour show every single day we'll see we'll see i mean i'm not i'm not i'm trying not to be pessimistic here i just hope that disney doesn't step on his shoes too much yeah speaking of spicing it up jill nfl trying to do that with some of their new rules they are allowing a thursday night football flex of the last five weeks of the season they're able to flex out of those games have to give pretty much a month's notice to the team, so it's not going to be the week of, hey, by the way, you're playing on <laughs> Thursday night, which is which is a good thing there. Uh, third quarterback now is not going to take up a roster spot, which is awesome. I think they should have done that a long time ago. And then similar to college, NFL kickoff now, you can call for a fair catch, and that ball comes out to the 25-yard line. So trying to 
discourage injuries on the kickoff, which we've seen the seen the foreshadowing with that. That's what they're trying to do is get safer. That's where a lot of these nasty injuries end up happening is on that kick return. So three rules, fine with. I don't really have too much either or. I just think at this point, though, if you're going to just do the kickoff with the fair catch, we saw so many out of the end zone last year that were touchbacks. We don't see too many returns on kickoffs anymore. Don't even have it. Why? Why even have guys out there? But I mean, you, you, there's me. there's not going to be kickoffs shallow of the twenty five unless unless you're going for like you know a little pooch kickoff and trying to get you know some random middle linebacker to to fair catch for and it bounces off his shoulder pads and you have a chance at a recovery. That's the only re. That's the like. It's not like nobody can kick it past the twenty five. That's in the NFL. So. This might be this I guess is the first step to the end of the kickoff and this might be a precursor to the end of the onside kick. Maybe they do end up doing something like what was it? Was it the XFL that's like, "Hey, if you convert a 4th and 15 or something like that, you have to you have to get 15 yards past wherever you snap it to be able to retain the ball. Maybe that's where we end up going because we did see a little bit of success in the XFL with that rule. So I think this is just, this is going to be the end of the kickoff. It might, that might end up being a uh, working in Devin Hester's favor for him getting into the, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> into the hall of fame. Cause there's going to be no other good kick returners. Now hope now we'll see about the punt returns. I think, you know, Punt returns are also just as dangerous. Obviously, you've got you got four guys on the edge sprinting as fast as they can right at the returner. Like that's that might be. I don't know if that's gonna go. I don't know how you get rid of punts necessarily, unless you're like, hey, coach, if we place, you know, hey, other teams, coach, if we place this at the twenty three, do you accept? And he's like, oh no. Put it at the 28. It's like, you know, it's like a negotiation. <laughs> like, I don't know how God. you get rid of the punt, but I think kickoffs are, you know, basically done at this point. And they might, if they're going to, if they're going to get rid of, you know, if they're going to implement this rule, you might as well just get rid of all kickoffs in general, because what's the point at, at this point? Yeah. No, I, I agree completely with that. And I think that's eventually where we're going to go to. And, Got a lot of pushback, I would imagine, from special teams coaches. This is a huge uh, part of their job, along with obviously punt returns and field goal attempts and all of that. So not going to be making as much money. Hey, you no. just lost. You just lost half of your, your job. Duties. Why do I need to? <laughs> I, I was paying you eight hundred k. I think I'm. I think it's fair for me to drop that uh, that salary down to about five hundred. Is that cool with you? No. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll just go get somebody else. (laughs) Adios, Rich Bisaccia. The other note on that third emergency quarterback, that's that's effectively the Brock Purdy rule. I mean, we saw that Niners game, and it's you're putting in you're just putting in garbage out there, and that game was over once Purdy and then Josh Johnson, the backup, went out, and you know Jimmy G could have been that emergency third quarterback in that situation. So that's uh, this, this is basically the, the 49ers, AKA the Brock Purdy, AKA the Josh Johnson, AKA the Jimmy G rule. I'm all in favor of it. It, you don't have to, 
it doesn't, you know, this rule doesn't the it doesn't count against your 46 man roster that is live on game days, but they do count against your 53 man roster that is the live roster going into game day. So you so you have to have that person on your 53 man roster. You can't just grab some scrub off the practice squad and say, hey, come on up. So they have to be on the 53 man, but they don't count against your 46 man active roster on game day. So I think they did that right. I mean, we don't want to be seeing a game where it's Brock Purdy handing the ball off every single play. We no. look or the threat of Christian McCaffrey. The the sight of Christian McCaffrey in an NFC championship game throwing passes on the sideline and warming up. It's like, okay, we got to change something here. That's, that's <laughs> right. that ain't right. I'm cool with the Thursday night football flex. So I'm good. I'm like, I'm good with the third emergency quarterback. I'm good with the Thursday night flex. As long as they're not adding, you know, some of these teams that are already playing two Thursday night games, as long as they don't have to make it a fourth Thursday night, I think I'm okay with it. Ideally, you don't add, What's going to be interesting there is who are you going to be able to flex in late in those late in that season? Because I would think Sunday night football is going to have first dibs at with NBC. It's going to have first dibs. ESPN is going to have second dibs. Fox, CBS, they're not going to be giving up their primetime games and, and being, you know, being cool with flexing out of their 315 games. So yeah, it'll be interesting. The priority seeing, I, I think Amazon has to be lowest on that priority list. And, you know, looking at that Amazon schedule, I think there's like a Rams saints game late in the season. Ooh, That's one of those that could, you could flex out probably. Ooh, and maybe yeah. because that's not going to, that very well may not be a top 15 or top five, sorry, top, I guess pro, a top five game, top four game. So maybe you can flex another game into that spot, assuming that the Rams, if the Rams end up being terrible again and the Saints, you know, Dennis Allen strikes again and they're six and ten <laughs> at that time or whatever. So I think I, so I'm cool with that. I It's it just sucks. This is the this is the end of the kickoff. This is the beginning of the end of the NFL kickoff, which, you know, the, the they said that it's supposed to. Research says it will reduce concussions by 15% by making this change. If that's the case, I can't I can't go and really argue against it. But kind of, you know, this is the beginning of the end of the kickoff. Yep. Top 10 rookie dynasty rankings. We're going to jump into that, give you our top 10 guys of the incoming rookie class this year, and we'll start at number one, Gel, and tell us why, tell the viewers or listeners why we both have Bijan Robinson as number one. Dijon. Dijon. Dijon Mustard Robinson. Colonel Mustard. <laughs> Colonel, yeah. <laughs> Colonel Robinson uh, has to sit at number one. I mean, obviously. You know, we've been hyping him up for the last two years, saying that this guy, over the last two years, been the most dominant running back in college football, and he knew that he was going to end up being a high-end pick. I was surprised that they went that the Falcons 
ran at him or ran to him at eight. But I also get it at the same time. I mean, they need some juice. Arthur Smith is their head coach. He saw what Derrick Henry did in his offense. So let's throw Bijan into that same role and probably a more expanded role given his receiving ability. Uh, whether it's whether it's out wide in the slot or out of the backfield, the guy's just going to be getting touches for days. And this Falcons offense, what else do they have? Do you trust Desmond Ritter to be really lighting it up through the air? Probably not. So Bijan, day one. Tons of touches. Cordy P, I'm sorry, buddy, but your day is is done in Atlanta. I'm done with you. <laughs> I'm done with you. <laughs> Who's uh and then I I guess question to you, uh who's that back who's that running back that other other Atlanta back? Algier. Algier, Tyler, Algier. Tyler Algier. What kind of role do you see him now? Just talking fantasy. I mean, do you see him being just a handcuff at this point, or do you think maybe they'll be doing split carries, kind of like a Swift Algier combo here, at least for year one? Or what? What kind of what kind of role do you see out of Tyler Algier? Not a very big one. It, this is the Bijan show, so I think he's going to be a three down back. They used him at the number eight overall pick and. He's been the most hyped prospect coming out in the running back position since Saquon, and I think they're going to utilize him. He's a great pass catcher, great rusher, obviously, and like you said, Desmond Ritter's not going to be leading this offense passing. They're going to have to run the ball a lot, and I think he's going to get a lot of touches, especially early on. hope he's not game scripted out a little bit, but again, he's a great pass catcher, so he's number one, and I I don't foresee him being a bust at all. I think he's going to be phenomenal. No Trent Richardson, uh... No, Nothing here. Nope. <laughs> no, sir. I, at number two, am going to jump over to the wide receiver position. I have Jackson Smith and Jigba over in Seattle. I just think he's too good of a prospect right now. It does concern me a little bit once Geno's gone, but again, Tyler Lockett, you've seen that downfall from him, and especially with that offense now that Russ isn't throwing that deep ball to him, he's not as relevant and I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be awesome up there as that third wide receiver eventually taking over that number two role outside of DK Metcalf. I think you'll see that transition this season, and I think he's going to be the wide receiver to have out of this group. There's a couple others that I like we'll talk about here in a little bit as well, but Jackson Smith and Jigba comes in at number two for me. Yeah, I, I, I've i got in Jigba also at number two for me. Uh, you know, that, that Algier contract isn't, that easy to get out of uh that's gonna be the tricky thing but given that Geno's after this season isn't making much money they can't afford to still hang on to Algier DK and JSN lock it lock it (laughs) not Tyler Algier oh my god (laughs) (laughs) on to Tyler they can't hang on to (laughs) Tyler different Tyler Tyler Lockett uh they can't afford to hang on to him still, given that Gino's going to be making less money. And who knows what the future is after this season. But I think JSN is just too much of a talent where he may be he may be starting this season as kind of that wide receiver three. But I almost said Algier again. But Lockett's 31. And this is kind of when we see some of these receivers fall off a little bit, especially given that L- <laughs> Lockett isn't uh, 
he's not a it's not like he's a big dude, you know, big threat size-wise where like your guys like Julio, like your guys AJ Green that dead arm hashtag not or well hashtag dead arm. Uh <laughs> where LG where where god damn I am struggling. Where Lockett is He's a smaller receiver. A lot of times those guys are really reliant on that that youth speed, that youth athleticism where now that he's into his 30s and obviously only getting older, JSN's just going to be able to jump into that spot, I think, pretty easily. Maybe they start off the season with JSN as their three, but I think after that you're talking about him and DK on the field at the same time every single play. I think he's too good regardless of that quarterback position, and eventually Seattle's going to figure it out. I don't think that they're going to be bringing in, you know, a, a Matt Flynn uh, to to be replacing Geno. So they're going to figure something out after Geno, and I've got him locked in as my number two as well. My number three overall, Anthony Richardson, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I, just, I look at that rushing ability, that overall athleticism. His ceiling is so damn high. I like I like Anthony Richardson's future. Obviously, you're taking a little bit of a risk here, but they're gonna hand those reins over to Anthony Richardson at some point this season. And maybe they give Minshew the first few weeks so that Richardson can kind of study, or maybe maybe they do it a full year and just 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 lose for a year. Maybe they win four games and they get another high pick. And 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 try to rebuild that roster as they need to do if they were to give Minshew that full season. But Anthony Richardson obviously is the future. His athleticism, his rushing ability. I think that I think Anthony Richardson is going to be a stud, and he is the fantasy QB to have out of this draft. My number three is going to go back to the running back position. That's Jameer Gibbs in Detroit. I really like Jameer Gibbs' fit in that Lions offense. It's an up-and-coming offense in the NFL. Yes, David Montgomery's there, but his contract isn't where you're locked into him for a long term, at least. I think he's going to get the bulk of the running back carries, but I think you're going to see Gibbs in the slot. You're going to see him in all the passing plays, and this guy is electric. I mean – he was just demolishing other teams when he was at Georgia Tech, which they haven't been relevant ever in a long time. And he was doing it to some of the best ACC defenses. So I, and then he went over to Alabama and was solid with them last year too. The guy's absolutely electric in the open field, can be a game changer, and I think they're going to give him enough opportunities and to have him be relevant for fantasy, not only in his rookie season, but eventually taking over and being a really solid guy that you can have in your lineup. So I, I have Jameer Gibbs at number three. Yeah. The only thing that has, that has me a little bit worried and I, I, I like Jameer Gibbs a lot because he is really shifty. And like you said, he's going to be used in all facets of the game, whether it's receiving or rushing. I just, I, I still have a little bit of, concern about the size and the durability given that we're talking dynasty that's that's my only concern you want to try to get if you're taking a running back this high you want to try to get six ish years does that feel fair if you're taking a rookie yeah, running back sure. this you know at this this point of the draft 
that's my only concern about taking him this high, but he does have mega upside, and I think right away you'll be able to see a boom. My number four, I've got Jordan Addison in Minnesota. I like him fitting into that Adam Thielen role a lot. And, yes, again, similar to Jackson Smith and Jigba, what does that quarterback look like after this year? But I think he's just going to be too good. And let's face it, you don't have to be elite when you have Justin Jefferson on the other side taking away the other team's best cornerback. I mean, he's going to be an awesome number two, and this is going to be an offense similar to – Cincinnati Bengals with Chase and Higgins over there. I see this as a similar offense with in that respect. You're going to have a wide receiver one and two, which is a 1A, 1B. You're going to get solid production from him, and I, I like him a lot for long term. Yeah, I wouldn't – I <laughs> I'd slow down a little bit on the 1A, 1B. I'm not quite putting Addison as a 1B <laughs> there, but uh, no, I've, I've, also got, I've also got Addison pegged in as my number four. Uh, rookie for the dynasty rankings guy's going to have a long career. He's going to be really productive right off the top. He's one of those guys that you can plug in day one as a wide receiver two, uh, in the Vikings offense. Now, fantasy wise, little bit of a, you know, I'm not saying plug him in day one in fantasy as a wide receiver two, but very viable flex option. I think pretty early on. And then once you see, Cousins and whoever else it's going to be beyond that. That guy could elevate himself to a wide receiver too. I I don't know if he's he's not going to be able to jump Justin Jefferson to the point where he's going to be able to be played as a wide receiver one most likely. But if you can get Jordan Addison as a as a wide receiver two, maybe a year into his deal or maybe a year into his career, that's absolutely worth that number four pick when you're talking about just our rookie dynasty rankings. So I like Jordan Addison there at four. Agree 100%. At number five, this is where I plug in Jameer Gibbs because I do think there is going to be a lot of production early on. You mentioned David Montgomery. Honestly, I'm not super worried about him. I think he's now we will probably run into some red zone issues where anything inside <laughs> yeah. the five, it's it's not, unless Jameer Gibbs is out wide. I don't see a lot of, you know, inside the 10, inside the eight, inside the five action going on for Jameer Gibbs when you're talking about rushing. But Jameer Gibbs obviously gives that threat of maybe they go two backs in the backfield and, you know, one on each side of Jared Goff and Gibbs can have that opportunity still given his passing uh, game prowess. So I, I, I see, I I'm pegging Jameer Gibbs rookie year, probably six tutties if at a minimum, and we'll see how much playing time he gets in the middle of the field. David Montgomery's really, really solid, but I think he's, what kind of deal is he on? It's like a three year. It's a pretty low money deal though. So like if they want to 10 guarantee. if they want to let him walk, they can probably after year yeah. one if they if they really see a lot out of Gibbs. So I've got him here at five. He's going to get a lot of action, though, early on. There's a reason they took him at 12. So I, I just, I, I again, the only thing that I question on him is how long is he going to be playing? If he gets, let's say he ends up, you know, Najee Harris, which this won't happen, but Najee Harris got 400 touches his first year. 
if Jameer Gibbs got that kind of work, there's he's gonna have a short career. So that's the only yeah. and, and that's the only thing that I wonder. But that's prob that's why they brought in David Montgomery to lessen that workload on Gibbs. So he's gonna be a really nice player. I just wonder about the longevity and is is he a three year player versus the versus the probably eight plus year player that we're thinking that Bijan Robinson can be and versus these receivers that we think could be 10 plus year uh, players. We have our three and five switch Joe, Cause this is where I have Anthony Richardson coming in at number five, first quarterback off the board. No question on that. Just a couple guys that I like the gamble on a little bit more than him. Cause he is a gamble. This is somebody that's very unpolished. I agree with you completely that he is going to see the field. I think he's going to see the field from day one. When you take a pick that high with the Colts, somebody that's desperate for a quarterback and has been struggling for that quarterback position the last couple of years, I think he's going to find a way to work his way into that starting lineup. And he's somebody that obviously is going to be absolutely electric in the running game, especially for fantasy football. That is an absolute game changer. So as long as he can have some sort of passing game and be relevant with passing. I think he's going to have a fine career. We know that rushing is going to translate well. He's going to be phenomenal there, but definitely he's going to have to hit some of these wide receivers and get going and show that he can at least pass the ball and not be one-dimensional out there. Yeah, I mean, coming obviously big big fan of Anthony Richardson. I had him high. I just quit. I just You think he's starting day one. That's what shocked me a little bit, where you think he's going to be going week one. I know that they have nothing to lose here at that quarterback spot, but do you want to just set him up for failure right away without him having <laughs> 10 weeks to study the playbook? I mean, I, I go back go back to Lamar Jackson. It was Joe Flat. Was it still Flacco there? It had to have been Flacco yeah. there, and Lamar didn't get his first start till week 11. I don't... I think that's a pretty fair starting time for Anthony Richardson. Get himself those 10 weeks to prep. I don't think the Colts are expecting to, and Jim Irsay is irrational, but is he expecting to compete for the division? I know you said in, in our, in our spicy takes that you think they might be able to compete for a playoff spot, but does the Colts brass, I mean, don't they I, – I think that they probably pull A-Rich back for that first season, maybe start him late once they – you know, once it's like, okay, boo, Gardner Minshew, you're 3-7, you're 2-8. You're and seven, you're two and eight. Although I, I'm a big fan of him. But Gardner hardly know her. But, uh, no, obviously I'm a big fan, so I'm cool with him at five. I I just think his ups. I had him earlier because I think his upside is that high. But obviously you're taking a gamble here. My number six is Quentin Johnson, Los Angeles Chargers. With so many injuries to the Chargers every single year, I think it's he's just bound to work his way into that lineup, be relevant this year. And he's a decent-bodied guy. Yes, he needs work on his hands. He had some ugly drops, notably in that championship game. That was a disaster, season, dude. Kind of our last look there, but yeah, no one on his team was very good that game. I just see him taking over. Max I mean, Duggan was seen, a stud. Obviously, Mike Williams. Oh, don't throw shade on Max Duggan that game. Or you talk? Or did you say title game? 
Oh, I was thinking, game, okay, yeah. sorry. I was thinking, yeah, okay, yeah, no, yeah, okay. I was good, like, wait, what did Duggan do that yeah, one? Good point, never mind. <laughs> but, no, Keenan Allen's on his last legs, and Mike Williams can't stay healthy. So I think you're going to get a lot of production in that offense. Obviously, Justin Herbert's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. They like to pass the ball. Austin Eckler just got a new contract, to, or not a new contract today, but got $2 million of incentives added in. So he's going to be there catching passes, and that offense is still going to be what it has been the last few years, and you can throw Quentin Johnson in there, and I think he'll be fine. So I, I like him there. Yeah, the you've obviously got Justin Herbert. That's your quarterback. That's that's his number one asset here. Uh, the number one thing that makes him an extremely intriguing prog, uh, prospect I've got him a little bit further down on my list just because I don't see like I mean he's out there dominating against five foot nine big twelve corners because he's a big dude. But he but there's a lot of similarities with him and Mike Williams, and we've seen Mike Williams be a really nice player. So uh I think it might take a little bit for Quentin Johnson to pop, but he could as long as he fixes his hands. I'm going to go with a different wide receiver here at six, and I'm going to go Zay Flowers with Baltimore uh, here at six out of Boston College. I, I I look at this wide receiver room, and it's it's Odell Beckham, it's Rashad Bateman, and it's like, your boy. <laughs> thank you very much for the reminder. <laughs> Bateman has never stayed healthy. When he's on the field, not a whole lot of production. Odell, we have no idea what we're getting out of him. It wouldn't shock me if by week 10, week 8, week 10, we're looking at Zay Flowers as the number one wide receiver in that in that wide receiver room. Is there anybody else in Baltimore outside those two? What's that? Uh, Aguilar? Pretty sure he's a Raven. Like, <laughs> that guy's not going to be taking any, way, taking any playing time out of Zay Flowers. So... I think Zay Flowers has a pretty good chance to be that wide receiver one in Baltimore by midseason. Guy's got a lot of talents. There's a reason that they took him early, you know, in that first round. And I think he's got a shot to he's gonna I think he's gonna jump Bateman. I think then I think Odell either isn't the Odell of the past of the rate or when he was on the Rams, or he gets hurt again. I mean, he had to no ACL in that Super Bowl. That's the report. He had that Odell had no ACL in that Super Bowl, that Rams Super Bowl. Can he just come back with a and be himself? I mean, he's he's in his 30s. It's it's not like he's still a 25-year-old, 26-year-old. He's past his prime. Zay Flowers, I think the opportunities out there are are immense. Yeah, no, I I'll talk about him in a little bit. I'll let you hit your seven here. And the only thing that concerns me a little bit with him is just his size, too. He's a small guy. I don't know that he'll ever work his way into that wide receiver one role. And the thing that concerns me the most, too, is, yes, we've seen Mark Andrews be phenomenal that tight end position. But, again, Lamar's passing has been suspect. And I don't know what kind of consistent production we're going to get from Zay Flowers. I like him as a prospect. I wish he would have went. I that that's fair. I mean, we don't know what Lamar's gonna be if, but we do have a new offensive coordinator in Baltimore. So hopefully he's gonna be able to set up Lamar for some more easy passes. 
rather than the previous uh, previous guy who was basically he was he was the same OC that made Colin Kaepernick awesome. And the reason Kaepernick was awesome was because he could throw a deep ball, really nice deep ball, like Lamar, and Cap had awesome rushing ability, just like Lamar. But their intermediate games were Colin Kaepernick's was terrible. Lamar's has been, I mean, he's got obviously Mark Andrews, but outside of Mark Andrews, very bad. So maybe this new OC is going to help, uh, help him out a little bit in that realm. Moving on to my number seven prospect, another wide receiver. And I'm going with Jonathan Mingo for the Carolina Panthers. I'm looking at this depth chart in Carolina, Terrace Marshall, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, LaVisca Chenault. I'm not, I'm not getting excited about any of those guys. I don't think I'm not saying Jonathan Mingo day one is going to pop. Obviously he's still got those other guys in front of him, but how long is Thielen really going to stick around? How long is Chark going to stick around? He's been bopping around the league for the last couple of years. Terrace Marshall has never lived up to the expectation that I know our podcast had for him. Jonathan Mingo, rookie, Bryce Young, rookie. That's kind of when, you know, these guys can really gel when they're both brand new to the organization. And I think that's what you might be looking at in Carolina. So, you know, Mingo, I know he fell out of the first round, but he's... I think that he has a really good chance to end up being that wide receiver one in Carolina for Bryce. And he was a good, he was a great player in at Ole Miss. So I, I like, I like me some Jonathan Mingo. Yeah. I like when you got two rookies matching up with the quarterback wide receiver, get some rapport going there. So I'll talk about that. Uh, Mr. Mingo in a little bit here. Coming in at number seven is the aforementioned Zay Flowers. I, not too much farther down, just one spot from you. Again, I just am concerned with that Baltimore wide receiver. Over the last few years, it's been very hard to trust, so I'm being a little bit skeptical. Uh, again, I like him as a prospect, just wish he would have ended up somewhere else. Coming in at my number eight, I have Kendry Miller of New Orleans. I really like him there. I think he's going to get some action this year with Kamara. We're not sure again on what that suspension is going to be. That's one thing I'm done with as well as talking about that. Uh, I want resolution Let's, fig- let's figure out it out. Come on. on. <laughs> Come on, NFL. <laughs> right. Yes. But I think he's going to pop in those games that Kamara's going to miss. Yes, Williams is there. They brought him in this year. But, again, uh, he's not going to be the feature back. He's going to be more goal line and passing game. Kendrick Miller's a boss. He dominated this year for TCU. Again, I mentioned on a couple episodes, got hurt in the um, Big 12 championship game or early on in that Michigan game. and just It was that Big 12 championship the game. They were so. talking about him being questionable okay. for that. Uh, yeah. yeah, for the playoff then. Yep. So didn't get to see him a ton, but I like his work ethic. He's already come in. I mentioned, I think, last week that he's – Going, he's not coming in to be a role player. He wants that top spot, so he's coming in working hard. And I, I like the fit in New Orleans. Obviously, Kamara there. We've had a relevant running back there for the last few years, and I don't see that changing with Miller coming. Yeah, no, I mean, awesome prospect, pretty good fit here in in New Orleans. I mean, who? But 
Reason I don't have him, I, I've got him just on my outside looking in. And the only reason is, well, A, they still have Dennis Allen there. I trust nobody under Dennis <laughs> Allen. Yeah, that's true. And then B, we don't just just not knowing the status of of Alvin Kamara. I I'm kind of surprised the Saints haven't just said like, dude, send him away for a, a seventh or something or a conditional some sort of conditional yeah. pick because Kendra could Kendra Miller could start. You know, he's he's one of those backs that was awesome last year. Pairing him with Jamal Williams, that alone is a sweet duo. I just don't know the status of what that playing time is gonna be. And the Dennis Allen factor. So that's that's my only that's my only reason where I'm not gonna have him in my top ten. My number eight. I'm going back-to-back Panthers here, and the number one overall pick finally comes off the board at number eight, Bryce Young. I just think I just think right away. I, I'm not saying he's going to be super fantasy relevant right away, but he was the number one overall pick for a reason. He's going to be the day one starter. Andy Dalton, enjoy the freaking pine. Like, it, it, day one starter, and he's got that Russell Wilson comp that's legitimately out there for him. So if he can turn into Russ and he's, he throws one of the prettier balls that we've seen, certainly the prettiest ball that we have seen out of this draft relatively mobile, but he's not one of those, you know, he's not one of those guys that necessarily looks to run. So he doesn't have the upside that Anthony Richardson has on the ground, but he can run. He can be mobile. I think that mobility that athleticism, even though he's 5'10-ish, I think that given that athleticism and that mobility, he can kind of be like Kyler, where Kyler really has never, he doesn't really take big hits. I think Bryce Young could be that same type of player where he's not going to take a big hit and shouldn't be as big of an injury-ish, uh, as big of an injury risk. So I like Bryce Young to... High, I, I, I say high floor. We'll see where the ceiling is at. Oh, shoot. You went eight. Number okay. Nine. My number nine. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I'm going Devin A. Chain. I know he's a smaller back, but looking at Miami, all that speed that they have out there, and looking at that other, that, the rest of that running back room, it's a lot of one, it's Injury a lot problem. of one year deals. It's a lot of guys that have been injured in the past. I think A Chain's going to be seeing the field a lot right away. And, oh, God, just, I mean, he's out there dominating SEC defenses with that speed, that quickness. I think there's a really, really high upside for Devin A Chain. So I like him here at nine with that fit in Miami. And, and knowing that you've got uh, Mike McDaniel as your head coach. He likes to get all of his backs involved, so you're going to see him involved early. Now, probably not. I'm not saying he's going to be a day one starter fantasy-wise or anything like that, but you're gonna, they're going to see him being – he's going to be involved early on in his career, and eventually they're going to be like, look, this guy's got way more potential than any other backs that we put out there. We have to protect Tua – we can't have him we can't have Tua dropping back 45 times a game. We gotta feed that running game. Ideally, if you're ideally you have Tua dropping back, you know, throwing 29 passes a game. Just to protect that protect that head. 
and you need a really nice running game to be able to complement that. I think A Chain's going to have some a lot of opportunities, and eventually they're going to see this guy's our most dynamic back. We need to get him on the field as soon as possible, as often as possible. Yeah, which I think there's a good chance of that early on in the season with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. being so injury prone. I have nice. Devin Chain at number nine as well. I love the speed there, and I think he's going to be awesome and get a lot of work with. Again, they're so injury prone. There's rarely a season that either of those guys doesn't get hurt. So A Chain's going to get a lot of action, and we've had great news from OTAs already about his speed and guys impressed with that. So I, I love the fit, especially like you said, Mike McDaniel coming over from the 49ers. Obviously, you know how to utilize their running backs, and I think he's going to be awesome. Number 10, this is where I have Jonathan Mingo. I really like him to end up – I think he's going to end up being a starter too on from day one. I just – Terrace Marshall – haven't done anything yet, so I think Mingo can beat him out. Adam Thielen's probably going to be your wide receiver one by default, and then Mingo will probably be lining up opposite him. I, I can't see them not having Mingo crack the starting lineup. And, again, that rapport with Bryce Young I really like. I think they're going to end up getting off to a hot start, and he can be a solid wide receiver for you. I don't know that he'll necessarily be a wide receiver one in the first two seasons or so, but he'll be somebody that's solid that you can probably put in your flex spot. All right, let me – I'm interested in your number – okay, that was your number 10. My number 10 yep. and – Will Levis. <laughs> pass. I'm, I'm not saying draft him at 10 necessarily – but he may end up being your number 10 most valuable pick by the time, you know, when we're five years deep, given that we're talking dynasty. You've heard this name. You've heard this love from me in multiple episodes. Chase Brown. I I really, really like Chase Brown. Uh, or, uh, yeah, I like... I'm looking at some of these rankings and he's further down into like the twenties. I just think, man, I think Joe Mixon is going to end up being a cash, uh, a cap casualty. There's nobody else on that roster that can take his spot. And he was genuinely dominant at Illinois last year. He's, He's a little bit up there in age. I mean, you know, Bijan's coming in at, I believe, 21 years old, where I think uh, where I think Chase Brown's coming in at like 23, 24. But at that number 10 pick, if you can get, again, when we're talking running backs, you want to get four or five years out of him, I think, I think Mixon's gone. Maybe he's got maybe one season left in Cincinnati. Chase Brown can step in day one and 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 fill that role. I he's he's a great passing game back. He's a great, obviously awesome running back. You know, whether you're talking about him out of the shotgun or where the QB's on under center, he's not obviously not going to be as dynamic as a Bijan Robinson in or a or a Jameer Gibbs in the passing game. But I think he's a really nice, just traditional back. And at this at this spot at ten, it's kind of a crapshoot when you're talking about these rookies. So if you see one of these guys that you really love, obviously Chase Brown is kind of my guy. That's 
I'm I'm totally comfortable taking him there at ten if you're talking about a rookie draft. No, I agree completely with that. He's somebody that we could see Joe Mixon gone after this season or even this season, and he's the next person up there. So I like him a lot. He was solid at Illinois, and yeah, no, I have no problem there with him at number ten for you. I really, really Moving quick. Over. Do you have any guys that you were like kind of? you know, in that like eight to 10 range where you're like, ah, should I put, you know, have any of these guys jump in there? Like my missing notable out of this, out of your top 10 was Quentin Johnson, where you took him at, at that six was that? Yeah. At the six spots, I left him out. I'm not saying that he's going to be trash, but I would feel more comfortable taking some of these other guys ahead of him did you have any guys that you were kind of thinking, let's squeeze, you know, eh, do I want him in? Do I want him at eight or should I leave him more at like 12, 11, 12? Any sort of like outside looking ins? Um, I would say the only one notable that you had is Bryce Young. I just, I think he's going to be fine. I just, I don't think he's going to be somebody that you're like going out of your way to go and draft and. I see him as just kind of a middle of the road starter. He's fine. He's not going to win you any weeks. Probably won't lose you any weeks. But I just, I don't like what he has around him right now in Carolina. And to me, that's going to take a couple of years then for him to get some of these pieces in that are going to make him relevant. And so he's on redraft. Right Bryce Young, Jor- uh, Jordan Love. Where are you going? Redraft one year. Redraft, Jordan Love. I like his receiving right. options better. Just to take right. a gamble there. I don't know. Not thrilled with either <laughs> of them, but <laughs> fair enough. See, okay, Bryce. Moving into our Bryce, last segment. Are are you done? Are you out on Stroud? You're Bryce C.J. Stroud. Where are you going? Probably Bryce. You are not hot on Ohio State on, quarterbacks. You're not hot on Bryce at all. You had to think about that a little bit. Yeah, I'm honestly of this quarterback class. If I'm in dynasty, it's Anthony Richardson, and then I'm I'm letting other people have the other quarterbacks. I'm just not thrilled with any of them, and don't think that they're going to be huge game changers for you down the road. Moving into our last segment, Charles Schwab challenge, heading back into the Big D area of Texas. Got our defending champ in this one, Sam Burns. Uh, This course is Colonial Country Club, par 70, 7,209 yards. Pretty stacked field coming off of the PGA Championship, which is nice. Notables in this event, Michael Block is, again, has that sponsor exemption, so you'll get to see Mr. Block out on the course. Sam Burns, again, defending champion. Joel Damon, Tony Bologna, Tommy Fleetwood. Big Dick, Ricky Fowler, Max Homa, Billy Horschel, (laughs) Big Dick, Vic Hovland, Sunjay M, Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth. So quite a bit of notables coming off that PGA Championship. Imagine some of those guys are are betting for You are correct, uh, sir. Your top top five are going to be Scotty Scheffler as the very heavy favorite at plus 425. Again, when you see those odds, it's like it's still kind of nuts, but he doesn't have a whole lot of com- or kind of like third tier competition when you're talking about Jordan Spieth as that number two. 
uh, at plus 1,000. Tony Fina right behind him at 1,200. Vic Hovland coming off a really nice, obviously really nice weekend at plus 1,500. And then Sun JM coming out at uh, running out your top five at plus 1,600. Finishing a, a couple more, you know, couple couple guys after him, Morikawa in, in this order. Colin Morikawa, Max Homa, Sam Burns, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, Tommy Fleetwood. So it's actually it's a pretty strong field coming off of a major. Yeah, big time. Get into our picks here. If you're new to the show, welcome in each week outside of the majors. Joe and I pick a golfer started with the Century Tournament of Champions, whatever their score is relative to par. That is your score for the week. doesn't matter if they make the cut or not. Once you use a golfer, can't use them again and cannot pick the same golfer as your opponent for that week. Who's ever in last place gets first pick, and that is Jell. Down a solid 19 strokes. He's this ain't right. This doesn't feel right. I am at minus 151. And who are you going with this week, Mr. First Pick? Oh, I'm, I'm going a little, you know, I'm still staying within that uh, group of players that I mentioned, but I'm going to go Justin Rose. He uh, he finished with a T9 at the PGA Championship last year, or this past weekend. He's He won at Pebble in February, so he's played some, he's been up there in certain events and, and, and has played pretty well. Back in 2018, he set a tournament record with a 20 under and a W. So, yeah, this is a pretty hit and miss pick. Uh, I feel like he's either on or way the <laughs> f off. But he did play yeah. really well uh, last week in at the PGA Championship and has played well in this tournament before. So I'm gonna ride Mr. Justin Rose, the old ski, the old geezer. <laughs> I like it. And I'm going with somebody else that has had some solid success here at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Somebody that made the cut last week at the PGA Championship and going with the all-time money leader at the Charles Schwab and somebody that missed out on his homecoming earlier on at the Byron Nelson and Ooh. going with Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth worried me a little bit heading into that PGA Championship last week. That's why I did not pick him. We had He pulled out with that wrist injury, but didn't seem to affect him at all. I think that week off helped him out a lot. And this is a guy that knows the course well. It's right down the road from where he grew up. Very familiar with the course. And I like him this week. This is a perfect week to use Jordan Spieth. Was looking to possibly pull the trigger on Scotty. He's awesome in the state of Texas as well. But going to try and save him, I think. I don't know. It's We're getting down there, though. We need to pull the trigger on him. But no, I, like it's, it's, I mean, he, he ended up finishing with top 10 finish. T7 last year so and again every time that he's playing in Texas it's you know kind of he thinks of it as like a home course so can't uh, can't fault that pick one bit We can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. We're on YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in Dead Arm Sports into that search bar, subscribe, click the bell there. That Dang. way you know when our live episodes drop. We monitor that chat. You can ask us any questions there. Otherwise, hit us up on our socials at Dead Arm Sports, at Das Gel, at Das JPEG. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot, and we will get you some Dead Arm Sports swag. What are those platforms? Hit us up on Enjoy. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Radio, and Google Pods. Whatever your chosen listening platform is, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review, or just subscribe, rate, and review on all four. And 
get all those notifications sent to your phone, which would probably be annoying, but it would help us out. Make sure to also find <laughs> us on YouTube, <laughs> subscribe, rate, and review there. Well, subscribe, comment on our videos, anything that you guys want to see, any topics you guys want us to hit up, please uh, make sure to comment those, uh, any topics you want us to hit. We're we're in a little bit of a dead uh, dead spot in the off season, so we're all ears. We're uh, we're open to talk any topics, and we will uh, we'll love you forever. Hopefully, you love us forever as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Please tell someone you know about the podcast. Help us spread the word. Get you even more content. Otherwise, hope everyone enjoys the Charles Schwab challenge this weekend. I'll be tuned in. Uh, like the field this week should be a good one. And uh, close it out, Joe. Es el día de cerveza, aka Thursday. <laughs>